shout out to the gals at SMC and how, you know, uh, inclusive they've been of our group. Again, another opportunity for uh, the local community to put their arms around us and be nice to us and give us the same treatment they get everybody else, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. So then as this, as this program started to take off and grow and um, serve people and, and have meaningful experiences for all these families that are positively affected, we've had the opportunity to go tell the Stepping Stone story other places, state conferences. We get a lot of visitors that come in and want to see those things. Talk about some of the recognition that the program's got as far as like um, kind of being put in the spotlight. Well, one of the one of the best things that happened just two or three years after we had opened was that Lucille Fleming, mm-hmm. you know, who had had a lot to do with us. She said with we needed grand, this, you know. We needed this, <laughs> yeah. and she came down and she said it was one of the best programs she had ever seen. Wow. And again, she was the initiator of all those programs in uh, in Pennsylvania and had been the director of a program herself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and at that point, of course, when she said that, then. We started, and they had other grant uh, uh, programs, so they, you sure. know, more money became available, and other agencies were able to get funding over the next few years. And uh, most of the time, those people would either come to see us before they actually started their program, yeah. or after they were starting to have problems with their program. Okay, um, but at the same time, no one made the effort to serve older kids. Yeah. Uh, that just didn't happen. I and. Uh, and and part of that was it was complicated and and it required a certain type of staff. Right. But again, we've been visited by national organizations. When um, I know when the opiate epidemic started, mm-hmm. uh, we had every news uh, affiliate that was coming from the tri-state nationally. You know, yeah. we had Dateline, we had CBS, yeah. New York Times, and at some point in all of that. They would hear about Stepping Stone House, yeah. and sometimes that became the story yeah. because Stepping Stone House was so special, right? Uh, especially in terms of the number of uh, women who were able to, um, you know, have drug-free babies while as a resident there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then the story then started to become nationally and and locally about the continuing services mm-hmm. that we had at at Stepping Stone House yeah. because it was a 90-day residential program, which we were just thrilled with. Right. You know, the fact that we were able to serve to get somebody. That, right. And if it was a pregnant woman, we could serve until through the pregnancy. Yeah. So we just thought we had, you know, we were the bomb at that point. Right. But then we started having clients tell us and staff is that, okay, I've been here 90 days. And I'm getting ready to leave and I have nowhere to go. Uh, and it was like, well, what are we going to do about that? Yeah. And so that became our first transitional effort to create was for stepping step, stones was for stepping stone house. We we need some place for women to go after 90 days of treatment or sure. after their baby's been born. And that was probably the most dynamic period in the history of the of stepping stone house was when all of a sudden now we have to create programming that's different. Yeah. We have to be able to, to try to match the need. Yeah. We've got women who are coming out who have kids. We have women who are single. Um, we have women who uh, are going to need to go to work to support themselves because they don't have kids. Right. Uh, and that created a whole another level of programming. Yeah. A different type of staff person. Yeah. That was not working in a residential setting. That was going to be working in an outpatient setting. Right. With these, and we needed to find housing, and and yet. 
we had limited transportation beyond the woman that was in. So now we have to provide additional transportation or find a house that's right next door, which is how we started. Sure. We just started accumulating houses right next door to Stepping Stone House. Yeah. Our uh, first campus, sort of, if you will. It right? was. It was a, it the was Stepping a Stones campus, campus. Yeah. campus type setting. And that brought recognition to the program again. We had mm -hmm. uh, the state came down and said, you know, we. Uh, we need to understand how these people are transitioning to some other level of care mm -hmm. that we've not seen happen in other communities. Right. In other communities, we are really struggling, sometimes having to hook people up with other agencies. Even. Yeah. And it's like, well, that doesn't exist for us. We're doing sure. this out of absolute necessity. Sure. We don't have anybody to refer right. this person to for outpatient or right. continued housing or whatever. Uh, so... Uh, as much as as much as Stepping Stone House, the residential program was a game changer. What happened after that was probably even more significant. Icing on the cake. Yeah. Well, it created a continuum of care, right? Which then brought us into all these other needs. Yeah. It's like, okay, what about healthcare? Yeah. What about pedi pediatric care? What about primary care? What about vocational services? Mm -hmm. uh, what about housing? Because yeah. the next thing we heard was there has to be a limit to transitional housing. Mm -hmm. So where do they go from there? And it's like, okay, we're going to have to work on that. Right. Uh, and so, and then that model became the model that we used for everything else. Right. So when we opened up a men's house, sure. eventually, sure. then the idea of transitional was already in our mind. Right. It's like, it can't just be a 90-day program. It's got to have something beyond that. Right. And so this whole continuum of care just started unfolding to mm -hmm. the point to where we are into well-developed services for people after they've completed their primary level of services. Yeah. Um, that is unique. You will not find that anywhere in the state of Ohio. And that's what, when the state legislature came down, they had a committee to study what do communities need to be successful in treating opiate addiction. Yeah. They called it the TCC model. Wow. And that's what's in law. That's what's in law yeah. at this point. And they went all around the state, but they came to us first. Sure. And so when they would go to Cleveland, they would say, what happens to a person once they complete this? Yeah. And they would, they had no answer. We're not sure. We don't know what Sometimes happens. this happens and sometimes that happens. Yeah. And, and then in other rural communities, there was just so many services that did not exist. Right. Period. At all. Yeah. Yes. And mm -hmm. people were saying, well, that's not, it made sense to them. That's not fair. You sure. Just because I live in a different county, I can't access services, or yeah. my loved one is going to die of drug addiction because they can't. Just because get, of where we live. Just yeah. because of where we live. Two things that jump out to me. Um, number one, that, and this is the counseling center story, how it's grown out of necessity. Like, mm -hmm. it's, we are only trying to address the needs of the client population. Yes. That's it. That's it. That's the only reason all these that's programs the only exist. Motivation. There's that's the only reason we do what we do is because the client population needs what we do. Yes. Right. The other thing is, and talking about the uniqueness of stepping stones and the recognition that it gets and the people that come and visit. I've had this anomaly experience, whatever you want to call it. Where do you work? I work for the counseling center. Where's that at? It's in Portsmouth, Ohio. I don't know if I've ever heard of the counseling center. Uh, I'm familiar with the Stepping Stones program. Do you know anyone that works at Stepping Stones? It's like, well, <laughs> the, the counseling center started Stepping yeah. Stones, but it's like Stepping Stones, the crown jewel, like the famous thing. Yes. Right? Yeah. yeah. Statewide it is. Yeah. Because again, if you have a pregnant woman, sure. you're, no matter where you live in the state of Ohio, 
the chances of you finding a place for that pregnant woman is going to be limited. Sure. Mm -hmm. And uh, and if you have a woman that's got a five year old, it's even more limited. Even more limited, which is kind of crazy. And if you have a ten year old, it's good luck. Forget about it. Yeah, good luck. Yeah. Yeah, you're coming to Portsmouth. So you had talked about the partnership with the SOMC Maternity Ward and Maternity Work Group and some of those things. What are some of those other partnerships that you've got that like community partners and state level people recognize what we're doing? Like you just had one from the National Safe Babies Court stuff yes. that came out, which was really cool. But what are some of those other partnership stuff? So I'm involved in the Safe Baby Court program with um, Honorable Judge Lemons yeah. and then his coordinator, Jordan Davis. Yeah. They're amazing. Sure. Um, they are funded through the National Infant Toddler Court Program. Mm -hmm. I believe that's a long title. Yeah. They just recently came and visited us and was talking about the uniqueness nationwide of what right. our program is. Yeah. Um, but the ultimate goal is to get the babies to where if mom is working a reunification plan with Scioto County CPS, right. you know, we're kind of helping as a team, not just stepping stones, but we're talking help me grow. We're mm -hmm. talking Scioto County Children's Services, the CASA, the Guardian Elitum, the court system. Sure. We're all trying to work together to find a common ground of helping this mom be successful and sure. helping her meet her goals. While there's things that she has to accomplish, you mm -hmm. know. Um, so we're trying to collaborate to make sure that mom addresses her substance use disorder. Mm -hmm. um, there are certain criteria they have to meet in order to be involved with Safe Babies right, Court. Right. And then, um, you know, hopefully we are going to be the privileged people that are going to be able to provide that yeah. because we can provide the safe living environment, the mm -hmm. observation, the communication with the court and with CPS. Mm -hmm. um, so it's it's been an honor to work with them and yeah. kind of have a collaboration together. Yeah. Um, Scioto County CPS, um, all county CPSs, we, we work closely with. A lot of them know us by name, and, yeah. um, you know, they're, they're becoming a lot more familiar of the amazing services that we can provide to the children also yeah. along with the mom. Right. So, um, and then, of course, SOMC, we spoke about that. Yeah. The pediatricians. Um, yeah. We utilize TCC Health for health care needs for mom. Yeah. Um, WIC, Help Me Grow occupational uh, therapy through um, yeah. the pediatrician makes a referral. Our mm -hmm. children sometimes have autism. They have behavioral issues, sure. uh, ODD. Um, we that's the other thing up. that's, I think, important, too, is like the mom accessing services also then increases the child's access to services to address what they need. That whole storyline you've been talking about, child recovering alongside mom. Yes. It's yeah. like that's not just like by osmosis like it's because they get access to additional services that they might not have otherwise right right yeah um and then talk about i know stepping stones also has um grant funding that comes down from omos and our, our local adams board helps us secure that and keep all that kind of stuff in line i know they always come visit and i feel like always have good things to say you want to share about that a little bit uh yeah so we do the women's treatment grant um pregnant women women with children mm -hmm. um I do that every fiscal year, every mid-fiscal year. Um, it's your fun. favorite, your favorite thing, you right? know. Um, and it's just I watch those numbers since I've been the director grow of yeah. the infants that were born, um, recovery babies, and mm -hmm. the diversity of clients that we've been able to serve. Age ranges from 18 years old up to 50s, wow. you know, and then. Um, Watching them reunify with their kids and putting that all in the data collection has been mm -hmm. a real big eye-opener. Um, yeah. We recently had a Zoom visit because of COVID with Stephanie Stark's love lady. She's, yeah. uh, she's yeah. our contact for that. Sure. Um, 
we were so excited about the recent expansion of Transitional. We wanted yeah. to make sure that she was able to see that oh, um, in person. So we developed a PowerPoint and kind of shared that via Zoom with her. Awesome, man. Yeah. All well received and all that. I know Stephanie, oh, yeah. Stephanie's a visitor and a proponent of Stepping Stones. So, yes. Um, that's one of those uh, ran into someone at a conference. It was Stephanie. And, um, oh, you work at the Counseling Center. I love Stepping Stones. Everybody loves Stepping Stones. Right? Yeah. You know what I mean? So talk a little bit about that. You were you were talking about the, the need for transitional care and aftercare services. Recently, we have, like, taken that sort of model and developed it into, you know, what it needs to look like in 2022 and kind of our vision for moms and kids and the way that their living situation looks. Talk about some of those things that have developed as far as, like, the apartments, aftercare services, access to vocational services, all that sort of stuff that you guys are doing. Well, I know one thing that developed um, before I was in the management position was um, we started serving Lawrence County. So mm -hmm. we have a house in Lawrence County. So that was able to help our 2.5 inpatient yeah. model, like it's intensive outpatient with supportive housing. Um, expand from 24 to 36. So increasing access. Yes. Yeah. So more moms and kids in the more stable, um, structured environment. Mm -hmm. But along with that became more of a need that we heard from the moms. Like, mm -hmm. I cannot go to the homeless shelter with my kids. Yeah. And that's not what we do. That's not why we're in this field is to right. send them to the homeless shelter, set them up for failure. So TCC listened. Um, in 2018, we added three additional mom and children beds for transitional. Mm -hmm. But by God, we filled those up within a week and it just wasn't enough it's like uh it's like however many however many you grow it by you need that many more yes. kind of deal mm -hmm. yeah so recently um over a year now yeah. we uh added an additional 14 apartments mm -hmm. for moms and kids yeah that has allowed us to go from eight moms and kids in sober living to right now we have 27 moms and their kiddos yeah. in sober living that allowed us to serve 70 children at stepping stones last year between our 2.5 and or sorry last month between our 2.5 yeah. and 2.1 and that's like i just like the positive impact of that 26 families having somewhere to go that is safe that is monitored that they have access to support around the clock yes that their property is like monitored around the clock yes to that they can stay in services as long as they need to to become stable it's like the the cost of that alone not only like the lives and the like the stories that come out of that but the cost of that alone to take care of 26 families yeah. is like so powerful so impactful so meaningful yes um Talk about why the the apartment complex and the why that's important as far as like getting mom reacclimated with kid again. I mean, it's like mom's living in her own environment. Mm -hmm. So she is parenting this child. Yes, we have staff there. We do safe sleep checks. We have the nanny squad. Yeah, we'll talk, uh, we'll highlight the nanny squad in a second because that's been a development. Yeah, um, but they are taking care of a household with mm -hmm. their child right beside them, learning how to be a mother, learning how to take care of their recovery and put recovery first, but also while becoming a productive member of society, mm -hmm. gaining employment. Yeah. You know, we're assisting them with finding, you know, long-term housing while they're still in this housing mm -hmm. and they are not afraid of getting kicked out on the streets and having nowhere to go because they have to wait on a waiting list for metropolitan housing Absolutely, because yeah. 
they can't work 40 hours a week like you mm-hmm. and I can because mm-hmm. they have to focus on the recovery right now. Right. That's yeah. the prime most important piece. Well, that was, uh, it was SOMC and PMHA that did the study and one of the things, the housing availability study, and it was like one of the things is this area needs more low-income housing for people because mm-hmm. there's yes. families that need it and they're waiting on it. So super proud of what we've been able to do to like help our population with that. But it's the same thing. We <clears throat> we have uh, 16 apartment units and we need 60 apartment units, you know, what I mean? whatever that. Whatever yeah. that magic number is, I don't know, man. But we'll see what the future holds. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, we believe in miracles, yes. right, Ed? We do. Yeah. Uh, uh, so then, highlight the nanny squad because I think that's like a super dynamic group and is like a service line that is definitely is like okay, like if we want to keep people in an environment that is safe and supportive of recovery and parenting and and reacclimation of families talk about what the nanny squad does for you guys uh so they're amazing you know sure. uh they are safe sleep certified uh, by our on-site lpn mm-hmm. they are cpr certified um they deal and are educated on how to handle a baby that may be withdrawing mm-hmm. um that's more so on the inpatient side sure. compared to the outpatient side um but they're just that. They're nannies. Mm-hmm. You know, mom gets stressed out. Mom gets overwhelmed. Their nanny's there. They're going to help mm-hmm. mom. They're going to help her to come up with coping skills to decrease that stress. Behavioral charts for their children who have lived the addictive lifestyle oh, with yeah. them that might have a little bit of behavioral issues. Yeah, you know? absolutely. So we're going to do a sticker chart. We're going to provide them with incentives. They provide them... In the clinical side, we provide the group setting of parenting. They yeah. provide them one-on-one, hands-on parenting education. Wow. That way, kiddo's right there. So if we see mom maybe using language that she shouldn't be using, we're going to help provide her with education on how the child's going to listen and receive that information yeah. mom's trying to share more appropriately. Yeah. Um, they help them with nutrition as far as, you know, uh, baby's 10 months old, we put baby on whole milk. Uh, baby really needs to be on the formula for yeah. 12 months, right. um, you need to be following this nutritional guideline. Sure. This formula is probably, this is something as a parent hearing this, like I could have really used a nanny squad <laughs> person, man. Like I really could have used formula that. shortage. We yeah. all know that's a national thing yeah. right now, right? Yeah. My nanny squads are driving to Jackson Walmart to make sure that these moms don't run out of formula for their yeah. kiddos. You know, it's like, it's really just another layer of people being able to protect, like offer like protection and safety to people to like alleviate some of the stress to focus on like, you know, the, the big pink elephant is the room is like, hey, you're Staying a person in, in a, with a substance use disorder who's in very early recovery. Yes. It's like, let us help you worry about some of these other things so you can focus on like long-term healthcare, sobriety, all those sorts of things. Yes. Yeah. How many, how many staff members form the nanny squad now? Three. Okay. Um, you know, more would be, uh, and then they also have the ha- other just regular recovery support staff that work with them as well. Yes. Okay. Um, so we have, I have two, I have a amazing housing coordinator. I have mm-hmm. a site supervisor. They're up there regularly also. Mm-hmm. Um, then we've got the three nanny squads that are assigned a certain location. Sure. That way these are your people. That way we know that they're getting the individualized care that they need. Yep. Um, and then we have, Roughly 17 RSS staff. That, yeah, uh, so you're talking a, a staff of over 20 people that's, like, available to that population all the time. Yes. It's so amazing, dude. So amazing. 